This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hi, welcome to Top Tier Talks. Today we have Catherine Salisbury and Wes Salisbury. And Catherine is a coach here at Top Tier. And Wes and Catherine have been members at Top Tier for six six years. years. So we are going to hear them talk about how fitness has been a part of their life before Top Tier and um, during Top Tier. Together, we actually started dating as a result of fitness. So uh, I knew Wes. I moved away and I was moving back to Winston-Salem in like 2000. 2010, 2010, and uh, I saw that Wes was running, and I reached out to him to see if he wanted to, like, run together, truly, like, sincerely, like, only, like, as friends. Um, Wes has a different story about that, but, um, and that's kind of how we started dating, was we started running together, training together, and then doing races. I made him a smoothie, invited him in, and, you know... The rest is history. <laughs> some stuff out. Yeah, right. a few things. Um, so that's like our story together, running and... and um, yeah, yeah. And everything since everything since that time has been pretty, pretty interesting. Um, you know, w- when I grew up, I was, you know, overweight kid with asthma. Um, and I just, I just hated the thought of, you know, working hard in any type of physical activity. Like it was, I didn't hate it. I was just really nervous about it, really scared about it. Um, there was some athleticism, and my uncles, but my dad had had really bad asthma as a kid, looked really bad. Um, so, so he wasn't super athletic, and I think like a lot of other people um, that were in in his line of work in the medical field, like he would go like jog, you know, jog in the evening or whatever, or play squash at the Y, you know, play racquetball, uh, and and there wasn't a lot of that. So. I mean, I played sports as a kid. I played years of Optimus soccer, which was a lot of standing around and doing some jogging and some running, you know. Uh, I feared having to be on the skins team of shirts and skins, like feared it like the plague, hated it, you know. So, and, and kind of early on, I mean, I had some, uh, some, some negative stuff mentally about my body shape uh, and being overweight and... Um, there, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of, I think, social and cultural awareness as there is now of like, um, some of the harm you can do to yourself by just like, just being on a diet all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but you know, I, I kind of, w- I was in a family where like dieting, if like you were overweight then like dieting was like kind of the expectation. Um, and so that, you know, early on, I, I kind of got the start of a 30 year life with diet culture you know which you know if if you're not familiar with that you know after you've tried every diet over the course of your life you get to you can get to a point where I got to a point where I couldn't look at any food without it you know breaking the rule of some diet I was either on or had been on you know so uh, in the last five years I've had to unwind a lot of that stuff through talking and reading and therapy and all types of stuff but that's been a big part of my story you know, uh, body image has been a big part of my story. Relationship with food has been a big part of my story. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, I was a bigger kid, tall, uh, played, kind of sniffed around the edges of playing some high school sports. Uh, but it wasn't until I, I was in my mid-20s that I 
discovered that I actually really liked working out. You know, I liked being in the gym. Um, I liked, uh, and I had had some good experiences with the gym and like late teens, early 20s and, you know, really liked the science behind it. And I love reading about like the Arnold Schwarzenegger bodybuilding Bible, which is like this 400 page black and white book, you know, it's just really cool. And for some reason that time in my life, I was living in Wilmington, had a bunch of friends who were like, you know, local bodybuilder type dudes. Um, so it was kind of it was kind of fun being around them, and I didn't really fit in very well with that. But I liked going to the gym and, and working out, and you know, feeling that kind of machismo in the gym it was kind of cool. Um, but I didn't start doing any type of endurance sports till my mid twenties, um, and CrossFit. I didn't know what the hell that was till, um, you know, I guess, yeah, yeah, late twenties, right around right around thirty when uh, it seemed to become more like of a thing, 2000. and then. 14, Probably 15. 2014, Catherine and I uh, yeah, joined the gym, tried that yeah. for the first time. Um, and even then, as you guys know, uh, consistency in the sport of CrossFit or the pursuit of CrossFit type uh, training has been a little bit of a challenge for me because I'm always trying to marry that with my endurance pursuits, mainly riding bikes uh, and racing bikes and all that. So, you know, it's still a work, it's still a work in progress, but it's. Um, you know, I have some goals that are written downstairs on the board, but, it, you know, I was telling Ben this morning, like, sometimes I do really well with goals. I do better with goals if I write them down and just put them in a drawer and forget about them. Um, and that allows me some freedom to kind of fail at them and also come back to stuff. Like, I've had a really good time coming back to top tier um, really intensely in the last month. It's been super fun, you know, uh, and to kind of kind of write my own ticket. So, you know, th- thanks to y'all for providing the environment for for me to do that and you know be be known seen and heard but also like kind of be anonymous too like if i don't want to come in and talk like nobody's like hey you're back it's so great to see you you're back it's like uh, you know that's great i'm just here to work out and get the hell out of here that sometimes the missing yeah. piece right right you were right. gone yeah so, yeah there's there's a lot of my story and i'm happy to talk more about any any piece of it you know, Catherine and I have, um, Catherine and I have been very fortunate in that we have been able to pursue our own, uh, our goals in sport and as athletes, and uh, which is very hard for me to call myself, by the way. It's taken many years for me to call myself an athlete without putting a qualifier on it, like I'm a overweight, like an overweight cyclist or a big heavy cyclist or a, you know, middle-aged crossfitter or whatever that is but it's just just as an athlete you know and um, classification yeah 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 so Catherine's my story is a little different i definitely would call myself an athlete but i was probably more just like uh physical than i was athletic (laughs) uh we've had this conversation before i was very uh involved my daughter is very much like me in terms of being very physical and aggressive and wants to move and i i was the same way she's only six and that is, that's who I, I was as well. So, um, started sports at like four, three, four skiing, soccer. We lived in Europe at the time. So skiing, like as soon as I could get on the skis, stand up and doing that. And then, um, my parents are very, my dad is very athletic. My mom joins and sometimes, you know, aerobics or whatever, uh, over the years, but, uh, soccer was my sport. Um, 
because it didn't take a super amount of um, coordination. <laughs> I developed that in years, but I could definitely be that that uh, mid. I could run really fast. I could help carry the ball, and I could also defend. So midfield was my was my spot. Um, so yeah, I was always comfortable moving. I think in my twenties, I um, early twenties, <laughs> I did. I never really had um, the fallout. I get well. I guess I had a little bit of a fallout, not necessarily with fitness, but organized fitness, right? So like you go to in high school, I played college I played some pickup ball um travel with women in up in up in New Hampshire um and wanted to be younger than I was playing that sport uh and <laughs> but I was not 25 like they were actually I was I was well maybe I was 25 26 and they were like 20 <laughs> or 18 uh and I, and that was that was fun and my story has been my history or my journey with it has been I got into endurance and running and triathlons um, with Wes, and I strictly did that and didn't do the strength piece um, that CrossFit has. And so after years of, I guess, running triathlon and and doing the endurance piece without the uh, strength, I started getting injured. Low back, start with hip, knee, and that was probably like, 2830. Um, so like 10-12 years ago. Um, so it was like the perfect time to find CrossFit. So that's when I found CrossFit was right around that time. Um, and I found it and you know, people when I when I said that that's what I was doing, they were like, you're gonna get injured, or you're gonna hurt your shoulder. And I think I found it at the time where I was so conscious of not getting injured, <laughs> that I was intent and I went to a gym that had the you have to do this certain amount of weeks of of intro foundational work and really making sure you worked on foundational strength, um, that I just, I didn't, I didn't get to that place. And then I also got pregnant within like a year. So that also slowed me down a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, it gave me, I did, couldn't, I, in the endurance and running, like we did that for a long time. And so in not being able to do that, I was really scared of, losing a community because I missed that was what that's what it was for me right like the community piece like growing up in sports and being on a team like that was our my family away from home um so then with my girlfriends running and we would train and I would see them on a regular basis and then I couldn't do that and I felt not a part of that I needed to be a part of something right so that's what the gym and and top tier has been for me is that having that piece um as well I mean on top of the physical piece of it, you know, in terms of the sweating, the release, the checkout, the goal, the focus of like intent of what I'm doing, uh, um, with whatever goal I have. But, um, yeah. When you, were, when you were growing up, did you ever think about or hear anybody talk about the concept of like sustainability, um, in fitness? Was that ever something you thought about? Is that, maybe that's only something that old people think about, like middle-aged people like us think about and, in fitness, but it wasn't a concept that I had ever, ever thought of, nor was it one that I ever thought I would, um, you know, was relevant to me. Cause I would, I, you know, with my hobbies, I've always been like all or nothing, yeah. all or nothing, get on a new project or get on a new, um, enthusiastic pursuit. Right. Uh, and I've been through this with, um, 
with this type of fitness, CrossFit type, whatever you, whatever you call it now, um, you know, this type of gym in the past, uh, and I've gone super, super hard. Um, but I've really struggled with the aspect of sustainability around it. And as I've, as I've aged and, and a lot of like the maybe super lofty or completely unrealistic goals that I've had in my, in my life for like how I'm going to look or how I'm going to perform or how strong I'm going to get, um, my acceptance of who I am and what some of my limits are, I've, I've, you know, have become, um, I've gotten okay with those things. Um, I have thought a lot more about like, how do I get to a place where I can feel good in a workout, you know, or I can have the type of total body, um, fitness and movement that I have from, from working on a top tier on a regular basis. How, how do I get to the point of I can do that like forever, you know, like, or what some people tell me now, which is like, you need to build as much muscle as you can between now and when you're 50, eight, the next eight years. Cause then after that, you're just thinking about trying to lose as little as you can, you know? So like uh, that stuff is really impressed upon me now. And I think that what, um, what top tier does a really good job of is, you know, providing the environment for you to kind of chart your own course within the, you know, suggested boundaries of like, this is like, these are the methods that we teach and and this is what's worked for us. Now, if you, if you, if you want that, here's what you got to do to get it. Um, So that's, that's something that I really appreciate. And there's a lot, uh, something I struggled with early in CrossFit was like, there was like, there's always the, the like holy grail workout on the board and then there's like the scaled version you know it's like the 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 prescribed version had it was like a fucking neon sign you know with like stars starbursts and it's blinking flashing and it's the prescribed workout you know and then there's generally there's, oh we got to scale it here and it's like oh we'll scale anything modify anything but then the gyms don't actually have the stuff that you need to modify it properly you know and that's just i really got disenchanted with with kind of like I don't know uh, CrossFit in the you know the last decade in a sense right like mid 2010s because gym culture kind of gravitated toward this one thing of like you know kind of like putting certain lifestyles around CrossFit on a pedestal it was like you need to be this and you need to compete and you need to work to do this prescribed workout and you know and this didn't really like that, you know. Mm-hmm. I think have, being able to approach this from more of an uh, organic, community-based perspective, and where and I keep asking Catherine, you know, since Catherine's coach here, is it okay if I just go do this one part? You know, and she's like, yes. Said, well, I don't really want to do that warm up. Warm up. I want to do this other thing. It's like, yes, we want you to do what's good for you. You know, like we want to teach you to find out what's good for you and then we want you to do what's good for you so and what's going to support your overall goal exactly. and desire right. like so that makes a lot of sense it's a great thing timing is everything in life and i'm certainly hoping that my timing is right to deliver this message to you from the ginther group a triad real estate team with a vast local knowledge what's the question you often ask yourself when it comes to buying or selling a home is this the right time Buyer's market, seller's market, low interest rates, high interest rates, doesn't matter. The answer can always be yes. You just have to strategize appropriately. And we provided many of those guides in our podcast with Blake Ginther and his team right here on this same feed. 
But here's a new one offered by the Ginther Group. Let's say you want to sell, but your home condition isn't ideal for a competitive marketplace. They've got a program that can help called Renovate Now, Pay Later. That's right. If your home is a little rough around the edges, you can make the improvements now and pay at closing when you sell. Contact the Ginther Group at 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com to learn more and see if it's an option for you. You can also talk to them about other helpful resources like their first-time homebuyer seminar or a real estate wealth management consultation. Whatever you need, contact them today and like me, you can become a Ginther Group client for life. Just a little follow-up there, kind of talking about... Um, not doing the prescribed workout or what is what is rx and who determines what is rx um that's something that we've definitely gotten away with ever since i you know started writing the programming here at top tier i've I've tried a lot of different methodologies about how to make people feel like what you're doing is is for you not for me the head coach not for your significant other not for your your kids per se like it's for you and what you need to get out of fitness so again, I've heard lots of conversation, listened to lots of other podcasts about prescribed, scaled, modified, whatever word you want to use for it. Um, and yeah, if you're looking at the sport of fitness or the sport of CrossFit, then sure, you have to have a standard. But outside of that, like, why would I yell at somebody, which I've seen this happen in a CrossFit box, quote unquote, they can't squat below parallel and the coach is just sitting there screaming at them to get lower and the person can't physically get lower. Um, that's just the, an example that comes off the top of my head, like why I wanted to distance myself from that branding. Um, not that I think the cross methodology is wrong. It's just the way they've branded it um, or the way they've marketed it, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't really matter to me. The people out there that go get their level one or don't get their level one and call themselves a CrossFit coach because that happens too. Um, like if you want to talk about infuriating me, like that stuff infuriates me. Like hearing that a coach told somebody at a different gym, well, if all you ever do is come here and scale the workout, what's the point? Like, well, you missed the whole concept of what is CrossFit then. Like, but yeah, you're going to be a diehard CrossFit fan? Like, get out of my face. Like, it's just, um, so it's rewarding for me to hear, like, you coming in here and having your experiences with top tier um, before your journeys with CrossFit, finding it from different backgrounds. Like, again, it is, it's modular. What I like to say is fitness is modular based off of you and your goals, and your goals change over time. You know, I'm not the same person I was before three knee surgeries. Um, I'm not the same person I was 25, 20 years old. Um, so hearing that you that you feel known, seen, and heard here, even on the days that you want to be anonymous, like, that's, that's also part of being a good coach. Like, I'm going to check in with every single person in class, but if someone's moving safely, you know, maybe the day that, may, that I need to give them the cues – or that I want to give them the cues isn't the day I need to give them the cues. Um, if they're moving safely, like just because they can get 1% better doesn't mean they should. They're coming here and moving, and if they just need to move for that hour, then that's okay. My job is to keep them safe and then hopefully make them happy, and that's something that I think a lot of coaches outside of CrossFit, but in strength and conditioning in general, um, miss out is the actual coach and the person um, instead of the actual movement. And that's it, It's enough for you just to walk around because – I can see out of the corner of my eye, like I can see on the skier it is, like, oh, Ben's coming up, I'm going to fucking crush this guy <laughs> and make sure I'm crushing when he yeah, walks over here because I want him to come over and see the, the wattage I'm putting out on the screen, you know what I mean? You know? That's, that's definitely a real thing. If somebody comes over to just, like, watch you, you're going you're gonna to put forth more effort. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really funny how that, how that all works out, you know? But, you know, a lot of my job is statistics, right? And I, th- I think in statistics a lot, statistical observations, and it's how we... 
and a lot of my job is um, optimizing, like trying to combine different things that are seemingly standalone pieces, but when you put them all together, they make something better. Um, if you think statistically about this and about scaling and RX and all that stuff, you know, if you look at, um, you know, people's strength and abilities are, are charted on a bell curve, you know what I mean? So if you have a bell curve of, of, of people and there's an average, call it average CrossFitter in the middle, an average 40-year-old man or woman CrossFitter or 35 or whatever, you don't set, you know, if you're trying to build something for a community, you don't set the standard performance way out here on the tail, you know, that less than 1% of people can do, you know, maybe you can do that, but... If, if that's all you ever coach and preach, you're not going to have any members after a year. Like, there's not yeah, enough people that can people. do that. I mean, yeah, you have to have, we talk about in education, you know, like you have to have different entry points, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I can't teach solving being a linear equation to everybody the same way. You have to teach them where they are, where's the different entry point, right? So, all four of us have a different entry point to a given movement, right? So, um, a different way in. Yeah, yeah, a different really way in. Yeah, so that's where making it accessible, making it versatile, making the person know that they are valuable in their movement, even if they're not doing the flashing line, light, you know, item. So um, you get to determine the value of it, right, based on what your goals are. So the Triad Podcast Network is sponsored by Jennifer Johnson, owner of Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and a local certified financial planner who helps people plan for big financial goals, such as retirement or college. Especially now, navigating markets is challenging, particularly for those gearing up for retirement, young professionals, business owners, or retirees. Am I saving enough for retirement? As a business owner, do I need a workplace retirement plan to attract and retain key employees? Am I using the right individual investment strategies? Personally, I had some of those questions. Plus, how do I save for my kid's college education? So I went and got local independent advice from Jennifer and her team at Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. They're located at Winston-Salem, and you can get started like I did with a complimentary, no-obligation consultation right here in the triad. Just call 336-701-1600 or email jennifer at the number 3-magnolias.com. Jennifer at 3-magnolias.com. And be sure to catch Jennifer's podcast covering all sorts of financial tips, trends, and strategies right here on this same feed with the Triad Podcast Network. Securities offered through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satara Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satara is under separate ownership from any other named entity. I would like to go into a little bit of the story about you leaving teaching. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I was military and then fire department. Now I'm here full time. Um, how has that been for you? How has that hopefully added value to your life? I'm not to say t teaching did not add value to your life at all. Um, but I know just um, I had a member tell me last week that um, in general the last year I've probably been happier. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, I mean, again, you, you see things in teaching. You see things in a life of public service. Yeah. Um, that you really you probably wish you didn't see mm. um, but I mean again you're providing value so how how has that journey been for you for you and Wes for you and Liliana um, share as much as you want there or whatever you would like to talk about I'm, I'm 
Um, yeah, so I was a teacher, bless you, for the past, well, not the past, I guess now it's been over a year since I left, so 2010 to 2021. Um, I became a teacher, high school teacher. First of all, I said I would never be a teacher. My mom was a teacher, she was a middle school math teacher, and I definitely said I would never teach middle school and not math, and so then I became a high school math teacher. It was just my journey. Um, I was I had a really difficult time in middle school, definitely high school, um, and so when I was going through school trying to figure out what I wanted to do, math is much more comfortable for me, but then also, Along the way, just through some service and volunteer, I realized I wanted to work with teenagers in some way, and I did, but then it was like, okay, well, more in a targeted way in a high school. I thought I wanted to be a high school coach. Well, starting that and then starting a family, like if you're a high school coach of a, a sports team, like it's your life. Like you're there. I mean, as a teacher, you're there all the time. Um, and if you're not, like you feel like you're not doing your job fully, that's how I felt. Um, but as a, as a coach, you definitely are. And then I was, after two years of doing that, it was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be the best math teacher I can be, <laughs> not necessarily coach. Um, so a shifting, so that's, that's how I became a teacher was just that effort to be involved at that stage. It's so important. I remembered my English, oddly enough, my English high school teacher was my freshman teacher and my senior teacher and like the impact that she had on me. Um, throughout those years, you know, cause she, she moved with us from our freshman year to our senior year and was taught us senior English also. Um, but just, I remember her, you know, and it wasn't really for much. I mean, I don't really remember the English. I mean, I was never a really good English student, uh, uh but I remember her and her, the time she took to talk to me or just the extra, whatever it was that she gave me. So, um, did that for 11 years, um, the, through the pandemic was tough. Uh, that really wouldn't wasn't the thing that made me want to leave teaching. Um, we, uh, Wes's mom got sick. 2020, we had to entirely take over her care, finances, uh, medical, household, food, everything. So just uh, that was the last year I was teaching. So 2020 to 2021, right? And so I looked at Wes in like December of that year. I was like, we've got to figure something out. And Liliana start, started kindergarten in 2021 last year. And so, um, and we've been trying to have a second child for several years. Um, and that's been really tough. Lots of um, loss and then going through IVF. Um, that all started like in that year of 2020 to 2021. And I felt like I was not doing any job well. Um, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a good wife. I wasn't a good self to myself. I wasn't a good mom. I wasn't a good teacher. I could not do fully any of my jobs. Um, and it just became unacceptable and you can get away with being a really crappy teacher for a long time. You can, you can, there are a lot of really crappy teachers in it, it, I mean, it's a service position. It's, it's really hard to get them fired. I didn't want to though. And I looked at Wes and I said, are we at a place? Let me, and it was like December. I said, Let's start saving part of my paycheck, see if we can deal with not having me work. Um, and we made the decision, like, I want to do this. And I think I've, I've had a dream for a long time, probably since I became a mom, of impacting, being a part of women's journey, transitioning, and, and men too, like, 
but I, I guess I don't want to pigeonhole and not allow and be a part of, of men, you know, in terms of coaching, personal training with, with men as well. But, um, my passion is with helping moms, the transition of becoming a mom, like those first two to three years, I didn't think I was allowed to do anything other than be a mom. You know, and, and anything that I was away from, I used to look at Wes and be like, do you ever feel this horrible guilt when you're away or not doing anything towards being a parent? And he was like, nope. It's like, well, that's nice. You know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that's like. I wish I did, you know? Um, and I think that's, well, I won't even get into that more, but I just, that's, and then a lot of women go through that. Um, and your body's not your own and your body gets totally transformed. And like as an athlete or, you know, it's somebody who likes to move their body. It's like, how do I move this now? And what am I working with? And so that transition and, and the same thing after injury, right? Like your body changes, your limit, you, limitations, right? You feel like you have limitations, limitations on your time, on your ability. So I've had that dream probably for since I became a mom, like two, three, four years. I mean, it's been a while. Um, and I've talked to Wes about it, but it always seemed like, like not attainable. So then reaching out to you guys and talking to you about it and saying like, what do you think? And like your enthusiasm was like, okay, well, this is an affirmation. Like this is what I'm going for, you know? Um, and so the transition, I mean, it's been, people are like, how are you doing? I'm like, I can breathe like it's space. It's space in my life. Like I was working not, in, I mean, and we've had to train. I mean, and it was in hindsight, like you, you make the decision, you get supported in whatever way in life, uh, family circumstances change. Like we had to move my, Wes's mom this past April. That was like, if I was teaching on top of like, we had a, a miscarriage last October and then started IVF in March. And then we had to move her to uh, independent living, which quickly, quickly became memory care. Like if I had to do all that while trying to also be a mom, a spouse, take care of me, like I would have, I always come last. Right. You know? And so that's shifting that and why I do what I do. It helps me to as I'm teaching others or talking to others about let's, you are the priority, you know, you are, you need to put yourself first or you don't have anything else to give. It helps me to know, like, you still got to give to you, Catherine. Right. And I do that as a result of this, I, I it's freedom to do that and to be available. I cannot imagine I've gone through that in the past year, all while teaching. But I also, I felt like I was a good coach through that time. You know what I mean? I could still be a good coach to my clients in the class and when I, you know, and it just, yeah. Yeah. Well, you talk a little bit about what your apprehensions were when you started coaching and what you realized, or can I, can I just share, can I just, can I just brag on you first? Can I just brag on how uh, worried Catherine was when she started about being able to be a good coach about being able to connect with members um, being able to teach the movements uh, and all these things. And I was like, you've worked for 10 years with a coaching a whole bunch of clients that don't want to be there, you know, <laughs> those are, that don't want to be in school. Now you're working with people who are actually paying to go, yeah. you know, like you've got so much experience already, even though it hasn't been in fitness per se, 
you've got so much experience as an athlete, you have so much experience as a coach and a teacher, like you're gonna kill it. You know? Yeah. And, and I think that that's the, what Wes and I have for each other in terms of like our goals and pursuits, like we support each other in that. Like he was a huge cheerleader for me in these, the shift and the transition. Um, and yeah, I mean, I miss the classroom. I mean, anytime a friend teaches or sends me like a question from their kids' homework, I'm like, I get giddy to, to answer a math question, you know? And they're like, I'm sorry if I'm bothering you. I'm like, no, 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 no. Ask me. You know, I miss that piece. Um, but I do not miss the volume of work, you know? Um, I was going to ask how y'all balance your goals and pursuits while parenting Liliana. Like, how do you do you? Do you, yeah, how do you balance that as you both have different things um, that you're pursuing? And, and you can flesh out what those are. Because yeah, yeah. I feel like y'all both have different goals going on. Well, uh, we, we now both uh, do a certain number of workouts early, early in the morning. Yeah. Um, the my, uh, my cycling club uh, during, the, the, during the not cold months. Um, rides at uh, usually in the dark, 5.30 in the morning. Um, and before Catherine started coaching, that was kind of my time, but I didn't ride every, every morning. Um, so Catherine started working out uh, and now coaching, so we kind of split that time up, which gives me a nice excuse to not get up so often um at let's just say but. it started a little tough to share that time it was tough i mean we we trained for a half iron man and iron man at the same time this was pre-kids oh, yeah, right that. that is a crap ton of training like See, a, that's a lot of volume. it's a lot that's of a training lot of you are gone all the time like all week uh, it's all the time you're gone so that we Needless to say, we haven't done that in the last six years, but um, we had to temper it back a little bit. Uh, but we, and it was, it's sticky. It's hard, like, to try to figure out, like, your your goals are just as important to mine. Mine are important to yours, your time, and, you know, trying to, to balance that. So um, it was tough at first, but, I mean, it, t- it took some sacrifice, I know, because Wes has a lot. He is a serial enthusiast. Um, not just in fitness, but in other things. So, uh, hunting and golfing and boating and fishing and, you know, so they don't take any time at all. Um, so like they're quick in and out of, um, activities. No, he, uh, so there, it takes sacrifice, you know, as well, I think in terms of the basis of it though, is Catherine and I both have a commitment to stuff on our own, you know, our own ambitions around career, our own pursuits of of goals, but we're also committed to the fact that the uh, that our partner has that commitment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Catherine is um, very strong and caring, and being able to say, "Listen, I know this is really important to you," you know. And even let's though sometimes to find I'm the time to make it work, let's, but this let's, time's yeah, not going to. Let's, let's talk about our weekend in advance because I know you want to get a bike ride in, and I want to get a workout in, and if you, you fail know, to plan. Exactly. You plan to fail. Yeah, yeah. Wes loves that. Um, so now I spend more time riding bikes and um, doing outdoor stuff instead of playing golf because can't get any. Well, and he's decided to also incorporate Liliana into some of those activities, golfing and hunting, right? So, right. <laughs> and, and fishing. fishing. <laughs> and any, anything else, anything else that she can, uh, she can do. But it's like, I mean, I've got, you know, I've got a, 
uh, job where most of the time I can come in at nine or twelve, you know, take an hour and do workout in the gym. Um, and you know, one of my major goals in the past few years has been trying to figure out how do I optimize, like how do I optimize top tier fitness consistently with cycling. And I've had some fits and starts with that. And I've had some some seasons where I said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to keep doing squats twice a week. It's up to you every week through the cycling season. And I haven't done that. Um, and it, you know, and, and when I'm involved in cycling as a sport, it's super fulfilling, but I never fit. Nothing physically feels as good as coming in here and working on a regular basis. Like my, like aesthetically, you know, I'm not, I don't respond in a major way aesthetically to this type of stuff, but what my way I feel physically um, it's really good. The, the, the brain shot that I get from working out is really good. Um, and I've started so to read this was recorded. Yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah. So she can play this in like next May. <laughs> Wes has these moments and then he forgets. He's like, Oh, I can't do that. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny how that, how that does change, you know? Um, and there are parts about, um, you know, riding bikes that I really enjoy. And there's also parts about, cycling as a sport that I kind of don't enjoy, which is that um, if you're fat, you're never going to be as fast as people who are thin, even if you're fucking stronger than they are, you know? <laughs> um, because power to weight ratio is the great uh, is the great equalizer, right? And that's kind of how I got motivated to come back here this fall was like, you know, I've done a lot of strength work in cycling over the last several years and I haven't peaked per se, but um, there's definitely the law of diminishing returns in place. Like, the, the numerator of power to weight ratio you can you can build and build and build but the the greatest um, the the biggest impact to increasing your power to weights decreasing the dominator decreasing your weights right so um, and again as I mentioned that's something I struggle with for a long time and still struggle with and I try to keep realistic expectations around hey I'm gonna do a you know I'm gonna do a, a fat cut for six weeks and here's what that's gonna look like and I have a coach for that because I have a coach for every activity I do now which by the way is a huge it's a huge luxury I mean it's a huge, extremely fortunate to be able to do that and have people that are motivating and um, not only to do stuff and achieve outcomes but really to kind of teach me a new way to live in some of these areas like I'm always gonna like I'm always I'm gonna eat three meals a day at least for the rest of my life right a relationship with eating and food is something that um, if I don't attend to it uh, it's going to suffer, and I'm going to fall back into my old patterns from from growing up, which are not that great, not that great, you know. And it's not like America as a country does a real super job of the default, just being supportive of fitness and clean eating, whatever the hell that means, you know. It's, it's don't do that. So, um, you know, so that's that's a struggle, but it's an area that requires attention. Um, but you know, as we've talked about with everything, with fitness with cold plunge with um, massage and yoga and all these different physical pieces that bring about really meaningful uh, emotional and mental change even just for a short period of time you know at the end of the day like I'm just trying to uh, uh, age as um, age in a prudent way right mm -hmm. well uh, I think we also um, 
to get back to the original question about Liliana, we inc include her. So like he was saying, including her too, like she's comes to the gym. It was really hard for me in the beginning. And that this is what I told my client the other day when she brought her daughter, I said it was really hard because it was nerve wracking. But the more I did it, the less it was nerve wracking. Right. Cause I would be so anxious, like, Oh, this person's going to be bothered and I mean, they're going to do something to mess up or they're going to, you know, and it's, top tier is so inclusive in that way of like supporting your kids and family. I mean, to a certain extent we want to be safe, you know? And so we've, we've supported that I think through a lot of different avenues. Um, so organically as well as, you know, providing some additional support this summer. So, um, yeah. And of course that just makes her want to do it all the time. <laughs> so it's good for me to see kids in here. Like that's something, um, I know a lot of different professional coaches have their thoughts on that, but as a single parent, like I want my daughter in here um, to see me doing my job, to see me trying to help people, to see other people in here um, working hard with their kids um, or coaching with their kids. Uh, that's something you know that I will plant my flag on that hill and I will die on that hill. Um, and I, I understand the argument. Um, this is just my side of it, so I'd. If somebody's gonna make that argument to me, or in the reverse manner that kids don't need to be in the gym because it's completely unsafe, it's like, well, yeah, it can be, sure, it can be, or they but, can learn, or they can learn, right? Like the world, the world's not a safe place either. Last time I checked, <laughs> so um, um, it's it's a balance again. It's trying to trying to manage that, um, but you shouldn't neglect yourself. So, oh, I have to bring my kids today. Like I know people have said that, and now their kids are like here almost almost at least once a week yeah. um, and that's fine again we have the we have the kid room we have the upstairs um, so it, it's cool for me it's rewarding that's something that you know throughout the journey again changing in fitness because I wouldn't have said that five years ago mm. I didn't know um, again it's always being be the pursuit of being better or learning maybe not always being better trying to be but learning as the season changes here in the triad, so does the feeling of being outdoors. The humidity lessens, the mosquitoes start to disappear, it's just more comfortable. But as those things drop, so do the temperatures. So how do you make sure you can still enjoy being outside? Well, here's a solution. How about a screened-in porch with a fireplace? I feel more relaxed just reading that sentence. Our friends at Icon Custom Builders have been transforming homes in the triad since 2005 and can help clients enjoy their homes year-round, through all seasons. Whatever is on your wish list, large or small, Icon can help. You dream it, and their full-service design-build team can turn it into reality by guiding you through every step of the process. Just visit their website, iconcustombuilders.com, to schedule a consultation and start your dream project today. I have a question for you oh. guys. Um, you know, Top Tier has done a lot, a lot of work to, you know, renovate its uh, and and take a look at its, um, you know, its place in mm -hmm. the community. Um, and I think you guys have done a really good job of figuring out like who, you know. Who, do, who are we and who do we want to be and how do we want to um, open our doors to the community and invite people in um, to do what is, you know, often a very rigorous, um, sometimes confusing uh, sport, you know, and do like Olympic weightlifting. It's like, what the fuck? You know, what are you doing? What? You know, 
Um, so, but you've got a lot of it figured out, and you guys are on this path. Uh, and the culture in the gym's really cool. You know, um, there's a lot of respect and reverence for a lot of things that I think are really important. Um, certainly, you know, we've got the flags downstairs, right, and we've got hero wads. Um, but that's not all it is, you know. I think some gyms can fall into this thing, and I say this fully conscious of you as a veteran and a lot of my family members as veterans as far as Veterans Day, the same time, like, you can, like Catherine said, kind of pigeonhole yourselves if you're not thinking big picture and broad enough, right? Um, so you guys have done a really nice job of honoring traditions at the same time being really welcoming to people who might not have any experience with that, you know, or might not look um, like someone who's just, you know, come off a Navy vessel looks Right when they get done and they're they've been doing push-ups every day and they're um, in their boat suite for you know six months at sea just they're just starting out so given all that like what's what are the next steps for top tier like what are the next one two five years for you guys look like now that you've done this work I mean yeah definitely staying downtown um, we still have two years left on this lease so we're not moving anywhere anytime soon um, figuring out how to make the most of the space that we have. So we have two floors, right? Um, fairly straightforward. Um, the second floor doesn't get used nearly as much. Again, taking the step with the cold plunge, like that's an investment for us that we hope pays off. Um, if it, but again, if it can, if it can, I've always said, if, if I can do anything to, to save like a life, like I will do it. Um, not that I hope this cold plunge necessarily saves a life, but I know my mental health um, has been so much better so kind of where I think me and Melissa want to go is really attacking the total person, whether that be in cold plunge, sauna, like hot, hot, cold therapy, um, potentially having workshops up here with different um, avenues, again, for total health. Um, I would I would, we would both absolutely love to have a physical therapist here at the gym, like an actual, like a cash-based physical therapist that worked. Um, that would be a, that would be a true blessing, um, especially as I, figure out what a bulge disc is um so you know just again working through life but again attacking the total the total human performance I mean, again that goes back to like opening up when a lot of a lot of crossfit gyms don't offer personal training like okay well some people may want personal they won't may they may want to be part of the group and do group fitness but they also want to do personal training like making that 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 investment last year um continuing to find ways that bring more value to the client to our people I think that's the, I think that's the biggest thing of what we want to do anything yeah I, I would say I agree with everything you said um, and part of that is yeah personal training or Catherine you're a nutrition coach just bring depth to memberships and like you said um, attacking it in a holistic way but I think also even though we've done a lot of work there's still like so much work to be done and uh, to to um, nurture a culture even if you've kind of shifted a culture but to continue to foster it and nurture it um, but I really hope that we can still be a place that somebody who's never never done fitness can walk in, somebody who's has experience in some fitness can walk in and who's somebody who's competitive in fitness can walk in and still, you know, be in a space where everybody is meeting their goals and challenging themselves and um and that it can feel inclusive and not intimidating. Um and that just 
takes um, time. Yeah, and I, mean, I, think, I think it's a continued effort too. I mean, again, mm-hmm. so we have a member here, Kurt Magic, um, who played professional football, which I don't. You don't get much higher in professional sports, like as far as athleticism. For like, I mean, I guess certain positions in baseball or basketball could be, but like um, anybody that knows Kurt, like he's like a specimen. Like, right, like, I mean, he's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, like, runs, uh, does Spartan racing now, but, like, he is a great fit in the gym. You couldn't ask for a nicer person. Like, he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Like, I don't know where that really comes from. Even after talking to him an hour long of this podcast, like, he's just super, like, he he chooses to look at the world through his lens, and his lens is, like, whatever it is, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's continuing, like, hey, that, that pursuit of, okay, so, yes, it's just demoing that every day, that no matter what you are, again, fitness is modular. Um, yes, he does his own training on certain days for his Spartan racing. I can't prepare you through the classes, which is for general physical preparedness, for a Spartan race. It's just it's not going to prepare you to run a marathon. It's not going to prepare you to do a triathlon. Um, it's not going to prepare you to be an Olympic weightlifter. It's general physical preparedness. But he can still hop into class, figure out how that structures around his training, and still have a really good time and enjoy being in the class with people you know that are 50, 50 years old that are real estate agents um, and have a really good time. And that's that's something that is cultured and has to be cultivated every single day. That's really well said, and that, that modular concept really makes sense. Um, and it makes sense for me too, as just trying to I'm trying to use this as as a base, right, and take and plug it into um, these other areas of my life, whatever they may be. You know. Well, and it's to support your life outside of the gym. We are here an hour a day, maybe a little longer, but still. There are many more hours in the day that we want to support, right? So whatever that is, is it taking care of your kid? Like when it's having a baby, it's like lugging them in and out of the, out of the car. Like I'll never forget like the ability, the need to like build shoulder strength, you know, like uh, so whether it's sitting at a desk, like how can I support that? It's riding your bike or it's the professional athlete or typically, you know, most of a lot of what we have are professionals. So how can we support, you know, and you play golf on the weekend or fishing, you know, and, um, enhancing, enhancing, enhancing life outside of the gym. Um, yep. That's her. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the triad podcast network. Our mission is simple, provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.